This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, so tonight we're starting the show with a cat that's ready to kill. All right, so this is Midnight. If you missed her on the last show, poor Midnight here was was sick. Oh, goodness. Um, and we had to give her medicine, which if you've ever happened to give a cat medicine, heaven help you. Um, the fun part was you had to like force it down her mouth. Now, Midnight here doesn't have any teeth. I'm trying to show the people on the video version. Ah, she's trying to scratch me. Ow, ow. Okay. So... Now, she doesn't have teeth because the dentist had them removed because of oh, medical that. reasons. All right. She's gone. All right. All right. Well, the cat's gone. All right. All right. So, goodness, that cat is terrifying. All right, folks. Tonight's soda is Melba's Fixin's Apple Pie Soda. This does not sound good. Or maybe it sounds really good. No? Nope. Alexia does not think it sounds good. So let's let's have a pour for Alexia. Nice big pour. She can really enjoy it. Here you go, kid. All right. So we'll wait, wait. Just wait, wait, wait. We'll, we'll drink it together here. We'll do little, little cheers and give it a sip. Did it kill you? Yes. It's not bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just kind of slightly sweet and apple That's not bad at all. I don't think that's that bad. You'll get all your fixings. I think it's pretty good. No? So it's a mixed review on the uh, on the Melba Fixins apple pie soda. Again, Melba Fixins, which I think that's my favorite part right there, the Melba. She's, I'm a fan. She looks like just a sweet old granny you'd see at church. She brings her apple pie soda to the the potlucks. It's good. It's good. All right. Would you, would you recommend that soda to people? You can talk. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. All right. Well, take, take your sugary soda and go. Do you want the rest? No. Okay. All right. See you, kid. Are you taking the cat, or is she going to try and attack me? Come on, cat. All right, the cat left. I'm safe now. Thank goodness. All right. Now, part of the craziness of this year uh, of hockey is that the Blue Jacks will be playing certain teams a lot. Uh, So we're going to get to know some teams really well. And uh, so uh, today we have got from the uh, Catfish on Ice podcast here... um, way part of the hockey podcast network here uh chad here from that show uh one second let me get him in the hey chad how are you doing today hey what's going on frank how are you tonight oh i'm good i'm good so i'm awesome i'm excited uh there's hockey on my tv right now that i can watch i can go turn it on it's we've turned the corner we're finally two games happening how about you you've been watching hockey at all yet tonight oh yeah i've been taking in the uh Philadelphia Pittsburgh game, which I think is an awesome matchup that they gave to us to open the season. Good rivalry. 
Uh, you got the star power in that matchup. So I have definitely been watching that first game to open up the uh, NHL season. Awesome. Um, all right. So the reason if, if everybody, um, the reason Chad's on the show here with us, if you cannot tell by, uh, if you're watching online uh, visually, definitely uh, a Preds man there. The Blue Jackets start on Thursday night, one of two matchups this week with the Predators. One of, do they play eight times this season? Is that the amount? Uh. I didn't see the exact total, actually, so I'm the wrong person to ask on that one. But that sounds right. I know it's it's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, because you're only playing teams within your division. So, but I don't know the I don't know the exact number. So, all right. So, everybody's been seeing these one these uh, projections go around the internet. Different people projecting how different teams are going to finish. It seems that the central is kind of coalescing around people saying that Tampa and Carolina are probably going to be in and then Detroit and uh, Detroit and Chicago at the bottom. And then those teams in the middle, it seems like are, are kind of, that's what's confusing everybody from the Nashville perspective. Where do you guys, where, where do Nashville fans see that, see this season going? Uh, yeah. So it's, it's kind of a consensus fringe playoff team from your, uh, realistic Preds fans and uh, myself included and uh, my two co-hosts uh, Rich and Colin also agree we have them kind of in that teetering around that four to five spot which you know is right there on the fringe because the top four teams make the playoffs interestingly enough I have uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets as a team similar to the Preds as far as they could be the fourth team uh, they could be the third team the Preds ceiling for me is uh, maybe the third spot but their bottom is their floor is like maybe the sixth spot. And so I kind of, like you just mentioned, I kind of throw um, like at least four teams really together in that uh, cluster in the middle for that fourth spot. Third and fourth yeah, spot. It, yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a weird season to see. Cause it, something you hear a lot when you watch hockey games is, Oh, well, this is a division game. This one means more this year. They're all division games. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know about you. I'm expecting to see that it kind of like what we saw in the bubble where the intensity is ramped up right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that kind of what you're expecting to see? Cause these games tonight kind of looked like that a little bit so far. Uh, for sure. Definitely. I, uh, I think I know it gets thrown around a lot and it's kind of a cliche, but I, I really do think that tomorrow night's going to feel like a playoff atmosphere, even though it's, you know, you're not going to have the fans. So that that part's going to be out of it, obviously, but, just as far as how the players are going to treat the game and the intensity level and the physicality, all that good stuff, it's going to feel like a playoff game because with a 56-game schedule, I mean, there's just no room for error. You can't you can't uh, start the se- season kind of slow and be like, oh, we're going to hit our stride eventually. we got 82 games to figure it out. Like that, You can pretty much take that part out of it. you gotta, you got to come out clicking right out of the gate. So uh, tomorrow's an interesting matchup against Columbus just because I, I feel like they're two very similar teams, two teams that – have similar expectations as far as realistic expectations from the outside observer. So I just think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a, a slugfest tomorrow. I really do. It's, it's going to be fun for hockey fans that like that physical brand of hockey. I think. Now for blue jackets fans who haven't been, I mean, this, this whole off season has been so weird and strange and happening at a weird time. That's hard to kind of keep up with it. What do the predators see as like, okay, these were our big moves during the off season. Where is it that they think they've gotten better? Uh, well, uh, I'm going to start off with, uh, with a player who came in right towards the end of the off season. And that's, uh, Eric Holla. Uh, 
that's the player that I'm just really, really um, excited about because I feel like he can be plugged into that second line. And the second line's kind of been very inconsistent for us uh, last year with, uh, you know, Matthew Shane being the big, uh, big acquisition in the last, uh, the previous offseason. And he came in with all these crazy high expectations from, from the fans. Arguably one of the biggest offseason uh, acquisitions the Preds have ever made in their franchise history. And uh, so we've constantly been trying to figure out who can we put with Duchesne to maximize his abilities. And Eric Holla, for me, is the, a really good player. So he he jumps out number one uh, for me. Another player I can throw out there on the defensive side of the th- side of things is uh, Mark Borowieski, who uh, I'll be honest, it took me a good week or two to get his name pronunciation right because <laughs> I didn't I didn't follow him very deeply before he uh, he uh, came here. But yes, uh, I, uh, every every Preds fan knows that we need to get more physical. We need to start start showing more um, consistency on defense. Uh, last year, uh, special teams was a was a nightmare on the penalty kill. And so uh, a guy like Borovieski is going to come in here and uh, just put guys in the boards, be in the right place defensively. A lot like what I see out of Columbus. I think Columbus is just a very solid defensive team. I know last season I believe I saw they were third in the league in goals against per game. So, uh, yeah, we need more players like that to match up with with teams like Columbus. Uh, As far as what – I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting because we've got this Thursday game, then we've got a Saturday game. So it's not really a back-to-back in the, the way you normally see it when, two, when a team plays like that. Uh, so as far as the goalie tandem goes, do you see them trying to do a 50-50? Do you see it going mostly to UC Soros? I mean, what what's the expectation on, on goalie usage for the Preds? Uh, I think it's going to be fairly even. I really do. I think they still have a ton of confidence in Pecorine, even though this is likely his last season in Nashville. I mean, you never know, but most likely it's his last season in Nashville. His contract's going to be up after this season. Uh, he could definitely end up going somewhere else if he has a strong season and a team uh, wants him. I just don't see him staying in Nashville past the season. But I do think that the Preds still have a ton of faith in him to put out very uh, useful starts and find some of his um, – Old Mojo, you know, Vesna Trophy winner in 2018. He's not far removed from that. So maybe he can capture some of that again for one more season. And then, of course, UC Soros. He's been, we've known he's the future of the franchise for a while now. And now we're just waiting for him to take it and make us feel super confident that he's the right guy. And he showed flashes of that last season. But here's the thing about Soros he is notoriously known for being a very slow starter in his career to start seasons. And we can't afford to have that this season. So uh, I think Soros is your 1A and Pekka's your uh, 1B. But I think the starts are going to be pretty fairly even, barring some horrible injury or something that unforeseen that we can't predict. All right. Um, now, with, with this weird season and we're gotten the, you know, this one-off shot as far as this new central division that we're, we're all going to be playing in for this year, what what's the team that you're most kind of excited to be able to play this many games against it where it's, you know, just kind of, Hey, this is a treat. And which, mm-hmm. which team is it that you're kind of like, Oh, we don't get them this season. We, we, you know, cause we have to only play in the division. Yeah. Uh, so let me start with the first part of your question there. So uh, this is going to sound kind of rude and kind of awful, but I have, I have some, I have some really good history and reasoning behind it. For me, it's the Detroit Red Wings. And it's not because everyone's (laughs) – it's not because of the reason you think I'm saying. It's not because everyone thinks they're one of the worst teams in the league. The reason why, as a Preds fan, I'm excited that they're back in the division is because 
they were our our big brothers when we first came in, in into the into the league in '98. They were in our division and they were still a dynasty at that point and just loaded with so many um, you know NHL Hall of Famers and all that stuff. So you know, kind of when the Preds came to Nashville, there were there just weren't a lot of hockey fans around here, and the hockey fans you did have were most likely Red Wings fans. Let's just be honest. So I think it's going to be fun to rekindle that again, you know, only playing them twice a year. Uh, you know, it's kind of lost that spark. So I think it, for me, it's going to be really fun to have them back in the, in the division. And I don't count them out. You know, they beat us one time last year. So that even though they're, they're not expected to be a very good team again, and they're still rebuilding, I don't put anything past them pulling off an upset against us. I don't think it would be a massive upset if they beat us. But, yeah, so that's, that's who I'm really excited to see in the division. A team that I'm kind of like, man, I really wish I could be playing them more this year is that's not in the division this year is probably the Colorado Avalanche just because they have our number. And I know that sounds crazy to think because they're such a good team. Why would you want to play the Colorado Avalanche this year? But I think that's a good measuring stick team to see what you're really about. And they they had our number last season for sure. They 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 just really dominated us. So I'd like to get some revenge on them, but since we're not going to be playing them this season, uh, you can't really get that revenge. So those are my two teams right there. All right. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this season. Um, I'm looking forward to talking again, because I think we'll have at least one other chance and who knows, maybe even a playoff series. We'll, we'll see how this season goes, but thanks for very much. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show, man. No problem. And you're more than welcome to come on our show as well on the Catfish and Ice podcast in the future. Yeah, Catfish on Ice, check it out here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Good uh, good kind of thing to scout the other teams that are in our division when you have those, that time. All right, thanks very much, man. No problem. Take it easy. So you like hockey? Congratulations. You're amongst the smartest sports fans in the world. Want to fight about it? Join me, the Hockey Troll, and that snack, Polly Cupcakes, Every Monday and Thursday on the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL, your Washington Capitals. Not only do we bring you the best Washington Capitals coverage, but we've got the hottest takes and the tastiest content. Tune in wherever you get your podcast and at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Chirp us on all social media platforms at Caps Chirp. See you beauties and vendors there. And welcome back to the show there. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. We've got games starting this week. It's it's exciting. It's awesome. A uh, little bit of a downer, but hey, we're just dealing with reality as it comes at us today. Um, today it was kind of a big deal because during uh, an appearance on 97.1 The Fan in Columbus, John Tortorella, he was the first member of the Blue Jacks organization to really confirm the whole PLD wants a trade thing. Uh, the quote that I'm seeing here is he wants out uh, and said Dubois hasn't told his teammates why he wants to be traded. The quote was from Tortorella was uh, he hasn't given a good reason why he wants to leave. He should get in front of it. That's the way I think you should go about your business and be the best team you can be. First time we've seen anybody say anything about it publicly, really, uh, more than just, you know, oh, be a good teammate and, and be be part of it. The fact that Torts is already saying something, I don't know if this portends there being an issue in the locker room because Torts likes to get things out there in the open. If PLD is holding things back, I could see that 
maybe bearing an issue. I hope not. I'm not trying to stir the pot here. Again, in a perfect situation, things get worked out and PLD stays. Uh, the more I hear about the situation, the less I expect that to be how this ends. And something I would say to fans, don't get a strong expectation one way or another for what will happen. Because if you do, then your expectations, your, your heart will be shattered or, or whatnot. The one thing I would say at this point about the PLD trade, then we'll move on to other uh, hockey stuff we want to discuss today, is that uh, Elliot Friedman has written about it now in his 31 Thoughts blog and, and talked about it different places. Lots of teams seem to just be trying to fire good offers at the Blue Jackets. Um, I think what's happening is a player of this caliber doesn't really get on the trade market very often. And on top of that, a player of this calendar, caliber who is under team control for so long. So I think teams aren't pussyfooting around making offers. I think they're just going for it and saying, this is what we want to offer. Now, others may be kind of holding off a little bit. Uh, see how the season's going. But here's the thing. Yarmo has a lot of control in this situation. The one thing I would be surprised by is if the Blue Jackets seem to sell low. Because honestly, if we get into a situation where they're selling low, it's either that... And the thing is, where Yarmo's got kind of the upper hand is, even if, say we're two weeks into the season and PLD hasn't scored a goal, and he just doesn't seem to be playing like himself, that's not going to hurt his trade value in my mind because people are going to, there's going to be that built in. There's a distraction. There's this whole trade thing going on about him. So I, I think the blue jackets are in a position of strength in this situation for a long time. And that's, that's the one real positive out of this. They can make moves. They can make things happen. Let's all remember that, you know, when it comes to trades, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people didn't want to see Ryan Johansson go. But when he went, we got Seth Jones out of it. So be cautious, be patient. Um, remember that when we root for this team, yes, we want the guys to do well and we want the guys to be good guys and all that stuff. But it's about the the crest on the front, all that good stuff. So that that's my viewpoint on it right now. Other big news. The Blue Jackets have apparently filed for a uh, variance to get um, fans in the arena. Uh, we don't really have a number. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers were given a go-ahead for 10% uh, of of capacity. Theoretically, the Blue Jackets might be the same, so you would, I mean, that would put you at about 1,800. My guess is they would try and space those out along the lower bowl. Um, Because just opening the upper bowl is a big cost as well. And at this point, the way this is being handled by the team, if you're someone sitting out there going, oh, man, I want to go to one of those games. Your best bet is if you're a season ticket holder. Uh, I've I've got a a season ticket plan. And in my discussions with them, it was they've talked about how you're going to move around tickets and move around things. And really the way they're going about this season is – none of these tickets will be essentially season tickets. What they'll do is season ticket plans are essentially all being kind of shifted. If you put money towards a season ticket and your name comes up on the list as season ticket holder to be offered a ticket to one of these games, you can use the money that's already been paid to the Blue Jackets for your season tickets towards this. Uh, So if you're not already a season ticket holder, it's going to be a resale. They're not going to open up sales of them or anything like that. I just don't see that happening. 
Uh, is it a good thing? You know what? I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to sit here and say why you should or shouldn't go to these things. That's, I mean, if it's small enough and you got the the distancing, I don't know. I don't. I'm not someone who knows how the airflows work in the arenas and how that affects things. I don't know. I would say if you were someone who was at risk, obviously that would probably be something to avoid. Um, I personally would love the opportunity. I mean, I would love to go to a game right now and enjoy it and be able to just lose myself in the fun of that. I will say while we're still in the midst of the pandemic, I don't know if I could really do that. That That's one of my big things. If I went the whole time, it would be like, okay, is my mask on? Is my kid's mask bright? When we're eating, are we far enough away from people? Is when we went to the bathroom, did somebody else touch something before? I mean, and I'm not really like a germaphobe or anything. It's just, I mean, obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic. So, I mean, you're, everybody's having to make the, the best decisions they can make. So me personally, when I, when I was talking to my ticket rep, I said, just move it all towards next season. I'm not worried about going this season. I'm, my personal plan is not to go until I get my, until I get vaccinated just cause I mean, I'm just trying to make value judgments on what, what I have to do and, and all of that. So, so that's what it is. Um, but Hey, hopefully they can get some fans, I guess. Um, hopefully this works out well. I, I don't, I, I hope that these situations aren't what spread it. Um, people going to games, if people are smart about it, it shouldn't be too big a deal. Uh, I, I see some of those nightmare things like when Ohio state lost Alabama the other night in the national championship, they were showing an image from, uh, some city in Alabama and people were just packed into a street, like watching it on a big monitor. And it's just, what are we doing here? People, what are we doing? I, I mean, there's, there's a way to go on this. I mean, I, again, I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not here to tell you what to do. But don't be somewhere where you can't get away from people. I mean, just don't do that. That I think I can pretty safely say. If you cannot physically get yourself six foot away from the closest person to you, you're doing it wrong. That I'll I'll just put it that way. Anyway, jumping into the next thing. Um, something that I would say is a positive in a couple of ways. Uh, the NHL, uh, NBC has come out with who's going to be running their coverage this year. There is no Mike Melbury. Now I know some people will accuse me of being part of the, um, I don't even know, being part of cancel culture or woke mobs or whatever you want to call it. First of all, Mike Milbear, I just didn't think was very good at what he did. I think he didn't say anything to provide any real insight. I'm not saying he's not a smart dude, but I think he got reliant on just old tried and true tropes of how to talk about hockey. Oh, he didn't win because he didn't want it enough. I come on, guys, give me some real interior stuff here. That's one of the things that I think is a trend in in sports that I hope hockey can get on board with, which is smarter commentary. Um, guys like Tony Romo in in the NFL. If you watch that, um, guys who um, probably the best example I can think of off the top of my head is. Um, Dylan Orlovsky, who who breaks down NFL uh, for ESPN, because he's when he's on their shows, he's got this board up and he's talking about how plays break down and stuff. And and NHL Network actually does a pretty decent job of this. Sometimes, if you ever get a chance to watch NHL Network, they'll do shows where they do um, essentially they just have like three guys and they're all standing there in suits and looking kind of goofy, but they'll kind of do moves and on this little fake ice 
to show you how little movements change things in the game. And I hope we're moving to a point of smarter commentary in hockey. Uh, the reason Dan- Mike Milbury is gone is because he said some ignorant thing in the bubble about how, oh, I think, you know, these guys like being in the bubble because they don't have the distraction of women, which if for those of you who are not, <clears throat> don't speak in the modern parlance of, 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 um, uh, I don't even know what, what term to use it for. Uh, essentially, the idea being that that would be offensive because you're essentially insinuating that if a woman is around, she is a distraction because that's the reason a woman exists is to stand there and be attractive for you, which is not good, especially when you consider how many women were working in the bubble um, and they weren't there to be eye candy for players. I mean, that's that's just the the long and short of it here. So that's why I think that's what made... NBC just pulled the pin on it. Maybe he would have stuck around. Otherwise, I don't know. Long and short of it is, I'm I'm glad we're kind of moving on because he's just I just didn't think he was very good. Where I'm very interested in uh, in NBC's coverage this year is who's going to take that uh, uh, that uh, doc role. Who's going to take the number one role here? Um, right now, the big ones are Kenny Albert, John Forslund, Brandon Burke. As far as play by play, they're going to be kind of paired up for most of the season. Kenny Albert with Eddie Olchuk, John Forslund with Brian Boucher, uh, Brandon Burke with Pierre Maguire. I'm a big fan of Mike Tirico. Um, he's going to be with AJ Melexko. I can never pronounce her last name, but she's great. Um, so I'm interested to see where that goes. I, I like a lot of the stuff about how hockey's presented, so I'm very interested to see what this does. I'm interested to see if NBC tries to do anything a little different to try, because this is the last year of the deal. So you're kind of in a situation where both the NHL and NBC are feeling each other out and maybe, you know, one's trying to woo the other as far as price on the contract or, or extension of the contract for the TV deal after this. So I'm interested to see where that goes. Final story I wanted to hit this week. Um, Gary Bettman uh, said that um, essentially this year, the amount of money the NHL losing is not a number that start. It's it doesn't start with an M. It starts with a B, which would be a signify they're going to lose billions. That makes a certain amount of sense because the league is worth the league each year in revenue now is making over five billion dollars, and the NHL is estimated that at least half their revenue is based on the gate. So based on ticket sales, based on people buying pizza and popcorn and beer. Um, I don't know if they're tying in merchandise sales that happen at arenas to that, but they very well could be. Because you can imagine that gets high very quickly considering how often you'll go to a game and in the gift shop you see someone buying a $200 jersey. So I could see where that could be in the billions. Um, And that's a big number. That's a big number and that's a lot of money to lose. Now what's interesting about how this happened was when Gary Bettman said it, he was doing it in these terms like, well, the owners know how important it is to our fans and our players to want to play. And don't have a short memory there, folks. We remember that, you know, just a few weeks back there was the discussion of Oh, well, you know, what if they didn't play? What if this didn't happen? And it, there was discussion that the, you know, the PA was essentially, well, if you just don't play, then you're in violation of contract. We we have to get paid for playing, that sort of thing. So, uh, I mean, the NHL, they're going to lose some money off this. But let's be honest, there's make whole provisions in the CPA, in the CBA. Uh, the cap is going to be flat as long as it needs to be for the NHL to make back their money. So don't cry for the owners. Um don't be sad for them. Some of them might be a little more cash poor for a while, but let's be honest. They they all have money that we would only dream of, so I'm not going to worry about them too much here. But 
Big news. Big story. The Blue Jackets play tomorrow night. Eight o'clock. I cannot wait. I will be. I am on. I am so ready to see Blue Jackets hockey again. So ready to see Blue Jackets hockey again. And to have, you know, two and a half hours where I can appreciate Pierre-Luc Dubois for what he does on the ice, where I get to see Max Domi finally playing with the team. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, folks. I cannot wait. I'm so glad we're there. We're less than 24 hours away now, at least from this. By the time you listen to this show, maybe it's happened. I don't know. But thank you all very much for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for however you interact with the show. I remember to, uh, if you're on the YouTubes with us, like, comment, subscribe, all that good goofiness. If you're doing the 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 the, you, the podcast stuff, like us, rate us. I don't know. I normally don't ask for this stuff, and I probably won't do it much in the future because it. Uh... Anyway, thanks very much for listening, guys, and go Jackets! Please subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at Jackets Debrief, and thank you for listening. <laughs>